God, thank you so much for this moment. Pray that you would weave my hands to the gospel plow and tie my tongue to truth. Allow me to see into the hopes and joys and the fears of your people. Let us hear from you, the still speaking God, in our midst. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I must admit that I had no intention of, of making this uh, my Angelo Monk, uh, but uh, the video that we took a look at earlier uh, fit just perfectly, and we are celebrating Black History Month. Last year, you might remember, we, uh, Lynette and I preached on August Wilson's uh, novels uh, all month long. This month, we are lifting up different readings or videos or whatnot. Uh, so far, uh, it is becoming my Angelo Monk, and I think that's okay. Right? <laughs> Uh, so I, you know, I took that that video, and, and I and Jolie and I were, you know, playing in the worship service and looking at scriptures and whatnot. And and two weeks ago, I realized I was like, wow, I have this video from Maya Angelou about rising, and then I have Elijah being whisked away up on chariots of fire, and I have Jesus up on a mountain glowing. How am I going to preach on those three things? <laughs> What ties all of those things together? And I think what ties those things together is something called validation. And so the title of my sermon is, Your Likes Don't Give Me Life. About two years ago, I had some issues in my family with one relative who was quite upset with uh, me and Marcus and other friends of ours because we did not like her Facebook posts uh, enough. <laughs> and we were on our way to New Orleans, and I can't remember for what, but I, I posted something on Facebook saying, I think I need to do a sermon on your likes don't give me life. The fact that we look for so much validation in our Facebook likes, and now it's not just likes, now it's a uh, smiley face and, and <laughs> the laughing one and the, the heart. And so now we're looking for validation in more than just the likes, it's in the emoticons and all these other things as well too. Same thing on Instagram, we're waiting for people to love the pictures that we have posted. And part of the issue and the problem is that I saw in this one instance with my one relative and that I've heard from other people is that we cannot base our value and we cannot be validated because we get a certain amount of likes on a Facebook post. If you have wound your value up in a Facebook post, we have a serious problem. So for someone to go off the rails, literally in this case, because of not enough likes, it led me to think, how are we determining our value? How are we ourselves being validated? There are those who would argue, you need no validation from anyone. You don't need to wait on validation from anyone. You are an individual. The self-help movement has said, don't look to anybody for validation, predominantly the self-help movement. Don't look to anybody for validation. 
Look to yourself and your passions and look to your talents. Don't look towards anybody else for validation. That, on face value, looks good. But the problem with that is you become individualistic. It becomes all about you. You don't want to be corrected or told what to do because you've already validated yourself. Right. <laughs> you've validated yourself to the point, I don't need you to help me get nowhere. I don't need you to tell me what I need. I don't need you to tell me anything. My self-help book told me I am perfectly I am. <laughs> and so if you say no validation from anybody, that is to the far extreme of it. But then if you start looking for too much validation, then what happens is you start locking yourself out from all of the validation that helps create correction. Because here's the other form of validation we seek. We want the Facebook likes. And those Facebook likes usually come from people who are like us. And so validation then becomes that you are validated by people who like you and validate you because they're just validating themselves. And so then you end up with something called a confirmation bias, which means no matter what you're looking for, if you have an idea about it and you want to validate it, if you Google it, guess what? Google's already wrapped up your Facebook post, who you know, who you're connected with, and it gives you the news that you want. This is why we all have different news sources that are validating what we think is the truth, but is not really the truth. And just so happened it pops up right up as the first thing. That is called a confirmation bias. So on one hand, you can be too far out there for no validation. On the other hand, you can be too far out there seeking validation but only getting the validation that you want. Validation comes in a lot of different ways and one of the validations that we need to open ourselves up to more is the validation of correction and critique. The validation that helps us to see more of how we are supposed to live and what we are supposed to do and how we are supposed to exist. Furthermore, I will also add that we are too busy seeking the external validation that comes through people, too busy seeking the internal validation that comes through I am great and I am good and not busy enough seeking the validation of the one who has created you. Here it is that we have Elijah, a prophet who has stood up and told the kingdom of Israel that they should not be serving Baal, this other god. And Elijah has done all this work and he's gotten real old and feeble as you can hear in Jim's voice when he was reading He's got real old, real feeble. And so this Elijah, he goes off and he sits in a cave because he's so dismayed that the people are not listening to him. And he says, God, I'm depressed. I'm just tired. People aren't listening to me. You told me to go and tell them to stop worshiping Baal and they haven't stopped doing that. And Spirit, God comes to him and says, no. No, no, no. There is no need to be dismayed. 7,000 people are currently now worshiping Yahweh because of what you have done. And so God validates the work 
of Elijah when Elijah doesn't think his work is worth anything or can be validated. How many times have we gotten to the point to where, because Marcus says this to me all the time, you are so wrapped up in this one little issue, mm. and there's all of this other good work that's going on. There's all these other good things that you should be rejoicing about. There's all these other good things that you should be celebrating. There are all these other good things that validates your ministry, your calling, and who you are as a child of God. Then consider Moses. You know Moses, stuttering Moses. The same one that God called to go up to Pharaoh and to say, let my people go. This is Moses who said, I have a speech impediment. I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And this Moses gets validated by God and is told, go up to Pharaoh's house and do my will. Tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Then consider Jesus this morning up on a mountain glowing, transfigured, turned into something totally different. Let us not forget that this is the same Jesus who is the son of a carpenter. This is the same Jesus who is from Nineveh, which may as well have been from Naka nowhere. This is the Jesus that is up on a mountain, transfigured, glowing, and being validated by God. And the validation that is received in this moment up on the mountain by God comes by way of a person who was once depressed on one side and a person with a speech impediment and a murderer, by the way, Moses, on the other side. These two are there to validate the ministry of Jesus. These two are there to validate that Jesus is the one that the people should be listening to. And so my big overarching point here is if God will validate Elijah, if God will validate Moses, if God would validate Jesus, how much more validation do you need? How much more validation do you need to recognize your value and your worth? It is a work that is not just connected to God, it's not just connected to you, but it's also connected to others. Just as Jesus was validated on one hand by Moses, representing the law, he was also validated on another hand by Elijah, representing the justice that is found in the prophets. So how much more validation do you need? When in 1978, Maya Angelou was looking to create a poem about validation for black women in the midst of the time when the black woman was being painted as the welfare queen. In the midst of all of that movement, she writes this poem to help validate the woman's existence. She wrote that poem and she says, just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hope springing high, still I rise. 
Then she followed it up with a rebuttal to say, closing it out by saying, leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. So in the midst of us seeking life through Facebook likes, in the midst of us pontificating on our political opinion as though we have some pulpit to preach so from on Facebook, in the midst of us thinking that we are individual and we have asserted all the value that we need for ourselves, we still need validation. In the midst of also seeking healthy validation from others, where in all of that do we find our validation in God? If I had to write a poem myself, and I'm not a poet at all, but if I had to write a poem that was to do something for me the way Maya Angelou wrote a poem that did something for her and did something for many black women during that time, I would probably turn to some scriptures that have been powerful for me. I would probably pick up the Holy Bible, the one in the King James Version, because that's the way I learned it, was in this version. I'd probably pick it up and turn to some scriptures to help encourage me and to give me validation. In the midst of when I think that I have lost my ideas about my calling and I'm not certain that I'm insecure about what I am supposed to do, I might turn to first Peter 2 and 9 when it says, but ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. If I had to write a poem to encourage my wholeness, I might flip over to the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1 and 6 where he says, being confident of this, the one who begun a good work in you will indeed complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. If I had to go research what my value may be, I might flip to Matthew 10, 29, and 31 where it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are numbered. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than any sparrows. If I had a doubt about my future, I might flip to that favorite scripture of Jolie's for where it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. If I had to write a poem like Maya that tells me about how to get away from my past, I might start it with a line from 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old has gone, the new is now here. If I had to write a poem about being a fatherless child wandering through this world, 
I'm like starting with a line from 1 John 3 and 1 where it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And if I wanted to go up on a mountain and be transfigured like Jesus was transfigured, I might flip on over to Isaiah 60 and where it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me. So when I think about the validation that comes through God, when I think about the validation that my angel took over, when I think about the validation that comes through my family, through this church, through my ministry, it is enough to make me do the wild like I do it. Because God has indeed been good to us. Value is rooted in God. Value is rooted in our experience. We don't need your Facebook likes. We don't need your smiley faces. And we don't need your emoticons. What we need is the word of God. What we need is the power of community. What we need is the law and the justice that is found in Elijah and Moses. What we need is the spirit of Jesus glowing right up on the mountain. Amen. This week, when you get wrapped up in Facebook, hopefully it's not around likes or loves or smiling faces. Hopefully it is around your identity, your truth, and your power in God. I can briefly share with you, and Joshua was there, I can't tell you all of it, but there is a new movement afoot in the United Church of Christ. And I'll be sharing this with the council next week. We are being called to not just be intellectuals anymore. The move that is coming down from the leader of the church and from the conference ministers and from our conference minister, and that the, 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 the incentive, the goal, the move that's coming down is for us to embrace spirit. Amen. It is for us to also go to the place to where we can indeed touch spirit yes. and also speak truth to power and also do the work of justice. Yes. These things are not mutually exclusive. And that is where the liberal church has failed. Yes. But that is not where this church is going. Amen. We are going in the direction of embracing spirit and truth and power. And we will be a church of justice as well, too. Amen. That is the move of the United Church of Christ. Now, why? Because we will not survive without spirit. That's right. We will not survive without the validation of the Holy Spirit. That also transfigures and transforms us. That's right. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Let us pray. God, thank you for your spirit. And thank you for your spirit and all of those who are gathered here. I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for this church because the moment of worship is something that we do together. The preaching, the singing, the prayers, all of it. 
And so, God, we say thank you for this very special, sacred moment. We pray that we have been transformed, transfigured in some new and exciting way. And that we see our value in the right places. And that we seek out your wisdom to determine how we are to see our value in you. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ.